0: Welcome to Podcast Marketing Secrets, the place for entrepreneurs, coaches, and CEOs who are looking to grow their business with a podcast, become a key person of influence in their industry, and get their ideal clients to come to them, also known as attraction marketing. My guest today is Nick Barrett. Nick is the founder of Cordbrick and an amazing entrepreneur. In today's interview, we'll discuss Nick's process of building his company and the hard work that goes into bringing a product to market. We'll also delve in the Nick's recovery journey and how he went from stumbling through life with no purpose to having an awakening that sent him on a journey of self-improvement that keeps him grounded in the stress and challenges of running a company. So welcome to Podcast Marketing Secrets, Nick. Excited to have you on the show. Great to be here, Al. Thanks for having me. Right on, right on. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you went from, you know, struggling with life to a driven entrepreneur on the path to success.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version to start here. So, um, I went to uh, grew up in DC Philly suburbs. Went to Penn State and uh, graduated. And jumped around between a couple jobs um, after college. For me, uh, my uh, drinking sort of started to progress year after year. Um, for people in the AA program, uh, they know it's a progressive disease. It gets worse. You know, never better really. And so that that was. Uh, so that I experienced and eventually had to stop, and that was six years ago. So after I kind of went through all that, um, I was about 30 years old and decided, you know, what am I going to do now? And uh, through a lot of, you know, self evaluation and self, you know, self searching, internal searching, um, decided like, okay, you know, I've got this product idea. Uh, I fit a lot of the traits of an entrepreneurial type. Let me give this a go. And uh, so, actually, this is my first business. Uh, I had worked in marketing and uh, property management, but mostly marketing and different jobs before this. Um, and so, but I had never made a product. And this is the third year of uh, Cord Brick, and we're uh, about to triple our revenue from last year uh, here in year three, uh, which was, you know, obviously a lot, lot better than year one. Uh, so uh, things are things are going well. We just got our patent this past year, uh, won coolest product at the National Retail Federation's uh, Spring Show, uh, $10,000 to go along with that that title that was voted on uh, by attendees there. And um, just everywhere I've gone with the product, people have had a great reaction. That was the reaction I initially had when I started selling it at flea markets was, why don't you go on Shark Tank with this? This is an incredible product. Why didn't I think of it? So uh, I've been hearing it in all different types of environments for a couple of years now. And um, yeah, we're starting to grow and eventually here, uh, shortly launch new products. And that's kind of where we stand today. Looking uh, here closely at holiday season uh, 2023. And, uh, you know, as as the product I have makes a great stocking stuffer. So we're in, you know, sort of peak sales mode right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit of
0: like, what what is the product? What is Cordbrick? And yeah. how did you get the idea for it?
1: Yeah. Um, so... Cord Brick is a pretty simple product uh, that developed because of a problem I had where my phone charger was always falling off the side of my bed. And I thought, why can't I invent a brick, some flexible little brick that I could pop my cord into and just put it on my nightstand, put it on my bed sheet, Um, no matter how long or short the cord is, it'll just kind of travel with the cord. And then I thought, okay, it'd be better if the product I had had different sort of side grooves in it that could also, uh, you could wrap the cord around the brick. So in essence, the brick sort of stays with the cord, um, you know, at home, traveling, wherever you are, uh, and so hence cord brick. So uh, for anyone that's watching here, I have one here, and so the cord is wrapped around it. I say snap, wrap, trap, release, and it always unwraps, untangle. So it's got different side wrapping and grabbing channels, and then top and bottom holding channels. So you can use all the channels for cord holding because it's got a steel weight inside. Uh, And then again, top and bottom channels, some good for the watch charger, some good for any other types of chargers. So it really is like a mass market product. Um, Sell it on Amazon for 12 bucks, two for $19.99. My own website as well, where you can buy five for a deal, including free shipping. Um, But you can also actually stand your phone with this thing. So uh, you just flex open the side channels as well. So it becomes a little phone accessory in addition to being kind of a cord management tool. So that's cord brick in a nutshell.
0: That's awesome. That's it's a, a great idea. So so um so like it's one thing to like come up with an idea for something, but actually to get a, a a finished product on the open market and then actually get people's eyeballs onto it. Let alone you know you know win awards and things like that. Um, that's not an easy process. And uh, so how how did you get like um like the drive for that basically. And then also like, how did you get the information or, you know, to go, to go on the path and the correct, you know, procedure?
1: Yeah. I think, um, every entrepreneur is, uh, way over optimistic about how easy it's going to be to then create their idea out of the, you know, what their idea actually is. And I think that that is uh, universal. I'm pretty sure that if, it, most entrepreneurs realized how difficult it was from beginning to end and the amount of expenses that go in to developing a product and getting it to market and finding your customers uh, and everything in between. They you know, might not even attempt it, honestly, uh, because it's so much more challenging than you think it would be. You need 10 times as much money as you think you need um, and a bunch of contacts and lots of luck um, and the intellectual property oftentimes. And so Um, you know, there's a lot of challenges that you don't really foresee. And for me, being a first time entrepreneur, like I, of course, didn't know a lot of the challenges. And so I had to fail uh, in a lot of things the first time the hard way, um, and just sort of accelerate the failing process, and just figuring out, you know, um, how to make this happen. I mean, one reason that for me, in particular, I decided to launch this product was because I figured it probably wouldn't be that expensive to launch this business. If you look at the product, it's pretty small. It's silicone rubber. There's a little bit of weight in it. We didn't actually think we would really need weight, additional weight at first. We do um, to give it the proper amount of friction. So that's been you know, a little bit of a added expense, but uh, also the quality of material I use is not um, plastic. Silicone rubber is you know, 10 times the cost of uh, cheap plastic. So uh, of course, plastic doesn't flex and have grip like silicone rubber. So you really do need it for this product. So um uh, but finding the customers and getting to the shows and getting everything that they need the right packaging and all the right certifications um, you know uh, proof that you know the product does sell um, you know and then trying you know, the online game as well very tricky social media gotten very competitive over the last few years uh, Amazon is exceedingly expensive I pay you know over fifty percent of what I sell the products for just to you know move the product through Amazon so there's a lot more challenges I think than people would expect. Um, that said, I think that's kind of what give it gives the entrepreneurial journey the reward that people who do it, you know, who, you know, feel eventually, and, and I can certainly attest to this recently is, you know, we sort of crossed the bridge of is this not going to work? Or is it going to work? I mean, I think now we're at the point where uh, we're pretty certain that um, we've got something for a period of time anyways, uh, that we can move and we can make a nice return on. So, um, you know. All the money that has been invested this so far, my investors are feeling pretty good about the prospects about getting a good portion, or you know, most, if not all, of that uh, back, and then uh, you know, hopefully, growing from there. So that um, that it's uh, a w- welcome news for the holiday season for us.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, like along this journey, like you just mentioned, investment. So do you so you did get investors and. Uh, um, How was, how was the process for that?
1: Yeah. So, um, flow is a big problem in almost any startup. I mean, you have upfront development costs with the product, uh, and then you have to, you know, travel to a trade show before you make any sales. So you got to buy the trade show space and, um, you know, you make mistakes along the way, you got to ship out samples before, you know, anyone will write about your product or, um, even test it out or potentially buy it if they're a larger distributor. So there's a lot of upfront costs. Associated and, and I think cash flow is um, the biggest problem for any startup. Um, in the news recently, I mean, very large companies uh, who are making millions and billions of dollars a year, you know, are actively raising money still, even at that size. So um, you always want more money than you have as an entrepreneur. And uh, we did end up going and finding an investor to accelerate the growth, and you know, because otherwise it would just be incremental and too slow and wouldn't pay back. You know, fast enough if we didn't do a lot of the activities that we did. Um, And so, you know, just essential parts. So I did go out and do a little bit of fundraising. Uh, Friends and family, unlike or like many people, was the first source of of my funding. Of course, I used some of my own money and um, also all of my sweat equity so far. Um, I am the 100% owner of uh, Cordbrick LLC as it stands today, though.
0: Right on. That's awesome. Yep. And that's, it's smart to do that too. Cause I've I've been in business since 1987 and um, you know, like many businesses they don't want to do that cause they don't want to give up any part of their business. So all this kind of stuff, they don't understand how you can accelerate the growth, you know, like, you know, 10, a hundred fold, you know, and, and it's better to have that, (laughs) you know, know, than anything, you know, in in a uh, business.
1: I would say as it relates to my product, the biggest threat that I have is knockoffs. And um, the, you know, even though I have intellectual property, the problem becomes chasing them down from a legal standpoint. If you're not uh, large enough and have uh, enough money coming in, every time someone tries to knock it off and list it somewhere, first of all, you have to find it. Um, and uh, you know, in the meantime, they've made sales that for me, I will never make up because you know, for my product, once you have one, you don't really need another one. Uh, or, you know, three or five, you know, uh, they last for a long time. That's part of the benefit of, of the product as it compares to the competition is its reusability and adaptability. So, you know, maybe you need a few, but you don't need an endless supply. And um, so, you know, I've got to find them and then, you know, cease and desist and all that. So um, you need to get to a certain size to where people choose not even to attempt that. Um, and your market penetration is is so broad, you know, in a period of time, or else you're just be an easy sitting target for, anybody who's got access to capital and can run a hundred thousand units and get them dispersed to the distributors they already know from whatever business they're currently operating in. That's one example.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, so you do have patents patent on it?
1: Yes. Uh, we actually were just granted a utility patent, which we had had design patents um, accepted in the past. And so it was really great to get this utility patent. Uh, which protects the way the product works. And so if you go on Shark Tank, they ask you about your patents and they say, okay, what kind of patent? And this is always the one they wanna hear about uh, because it it's much broader and um, protects a lot more about the product. So not only can't they copy how it looks exactly, but even if they you know cosmetically change the look of it, it could still infringe on my design. And I honestly can't think of too many other ways in which they could achieve the same goal, um, if not for using the same uh, design uh, and look which I think would infringe. So, you know, we'll see.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Congratulations on that. That's awesome. Thank very you. cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so you're mentioning a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of huge benefits and people you know, can see all the benefits of being an entrepreneur, but you're mentioning a lot of the, a lot of the things that could be hiccups, you know, and be very discouraging. Um, that's one of the reasons why we have the, this show is so, so you could hear both sides and, and, and learn that that every entrepreneur basically has these struggles and these places where they almost lose everything and they've gambled they've gambled everything and all this kind of stuff you know and theres a, and um, you know then there's this hot, that, that hockey stick kind of thing where it just start, starts to get better quickly and that seemingly overnight success. You know, so how do you stay motivated through those hiccups?
1: Uh, it's a great question, and um, I would first say that my experience—if you know—if if any listener hasn't figured this out, I'll just you know say it already. My experience will probably differ from yours or other entrepreneurs who have done this because, you know, my product and and uh, as, as other businesses and products are are just they're just different. So the way in which you achieve your goal is going to vary based on your market, based on your product and your customer and so many different things. So um, the challenge is unique for everybody. Um, that said, um, uh, can you, sorry, can you repeat that question? I've kind of lost my train of thought there on um, <laughs> what you had just asked. Please
0: remind me. This is basically how you stay motivated through all the hiccups that, you know, the, the ups and downs that, that happened. Yeah, of course, of course.
1: Yeah. Um, it beca- I mean, you have to have that end goal in mind. Um, the exit strategy, if you're not doing everything working towards that, that is, um, you know, if you, can, if you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, I think I would describe most entrepreneurs as visionaries. And so they've got a a clear sight in mind of, where they can see this brand product going and expanding to. Um, and again, that's going to vary for every entrepreneur, right? Um, you know, for me, I'm going to create a brand line of different, you know, similar type items as cord brick. And, you know, I can talk about some of those and some ideas I've got, and then we're we're moving towards but, um, you know, that's what that's our, our strategy, our strategy strategy is to have an exit and be acquired. But if your strategy is to go public, right, you've got a different um, you know, strategy and the brand that you're building, and how long it's going to take. So how do I stay motivated? It's by knowing that, um, seeing as I go along, those incremental things happen. Get the patent, win coolest product, right? The And, and I have to say, you know, I sell really well on Amazon over the last holiday season for stocking stuffers, right? It's... Um, uh, I guess if I could boil it down because, you know, the, the question actually made me think, but you know, now that I've been thinking through it here for uh, out loud for the last minute or so, I would say um, it's sacrificing and being patient enough to wait for those little moments that just come in big spikes all at once where something happens and kind of it all comes to fruition. All your vision, everything kind of comes together. So, um Yeah, that would be my best answer for that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And that speaks to the importance of actually having like, you know, some end goal and strategy that that, to actually look forward to, you know, because a lot of people, they just start something because, you know, they don't want to check in nine to five or whatever somewhere else. And, but there's no like strategy behind what they're doing, you know, so having that you know a plan of attack and and something to strive for is is huge yeah you have to
1: be the right person to do it too um you have to you know are, are you the right maybe the idea is right but maybe you're not the right entrepreneur for this business you know most people have success starting businesses and things that they are familiar with um i would say maybe one of the reasons that i've been able to have success with this product is due to my marketing background because If you look at this product, um, it's a, you know, it's a silicone rubber brick at the end of the day. Um, It's, you know, it's not very, uh, it's not insanely expensive, but um, you know, this thing can do a lot. I've got a a little instructional card that shows the eight uses um, of the product and a lot of the uses with your phones, now with your phone as well. So um, I was able to brand and market this product in a way that maybe some other people would not. So in that way, even though I didn't have product development experience, it's not necessarily, this isn't a very complex product to make. So maybe that wasn't the challenge with this particular product, right? And so are you the right entrepreneur for what needs to be done to solve the problem? Because I think at the end of the day, the reason that you, anybody thinks of an idea is their own problem that they're experiencing in their own life. They want to be able to solve it. And there's nothing that exists that currently solves it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the the, the idea behind cardboard is just is just is it, super awesome. It's a, it's like one of those like simple but awesome kind of things, you know. Which is that's that's where the revenue can come in because it's like you said, it's you know, it's it's that the idea of coming up with it and the your production costs aren't 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 huge, so you could have a, a good price point to get it out to the masses. It's it's really cool to. The the whole idea and your business it's it's, it's super awesome. Um, as far as marketing, uh, thank you. Like there, with the, uh, the the product, you you, know, you you got the idea for it, and then and then you decided to start. You know, with the development process and getting and getting prototypes. I guess you know, um, did you start marketing right away, or did you uh, uh, wait till you had a product? How did you go about that process?
1: Yeah, I think marketing has been, I mean, even though I just kind of patted myself on the back about my marketing experience, uh, my marketing has been one of the toughest parts. And I think I thought it would be easier than it is. Advertising is difficult and there's a lot of competition out there. I mean, with this product, it is visually when you demonstrate it, it sells itself. But when you aren't able to demonstrate it, uh, it's a little more difficult. So the the packaging and whatnot had a lot that went into designing that and we did an iteration it did okay um but now we've sort of upgraded it by quite a lot i would say and we're doing a lot better just because of that simple change Um, and in terms of online marketing i thought it would be a lot easier to have something like this spread through social media and frankly i haven't really cracked the code for myself in terms of the videos that me as a non-video editing professional has been able to make thus far so that is one thing i think that we um you know you always want to look for people who are smarter than you that experts that are uh, more talented than you in any different field i think that's something we could really use next year would be um you know a video editor or a bunch of video editors that um uh, as Mr. Wonderful says, make me a 60 second product video that sells my product. That's the most valuable person out there right now. And so we need someone like that. Uh, it's hard to do. Uh, people's attention is very, I mean, social media, they're just hitting you with ads constantly. So anytime I see an ad, I just swing right by as fast as I can, as soon as I realize it's an ad, you know, <laughs> uh, pretty much. So I think a lot of people are that way. And um, also with COVID, Everyone, their advertising dollars just moved online in a huge way. So the competition has increased. The cost per click has increased greatly. And I think with my product, it's an impulse buy. It's a low price item. So uh, at nine ninety nine retail price point. And when you're talking about how much clicks cost, it almost doesn't matter um, what you're selling. The, the cost of the click is going to be pretty similar. Um, Uh, not not too different now what's going to be different is how much you convert and how much you sell your product for in terms of dollars so if i'm i'm trying to drive clicks to my website but my product costs two thousand dollars i only have to sell a few uh, and i can drive a tremendous amount of clicks there to make it worth it if the clicks cost the same amount but if my product as mine is is only ten dollars you know even if someone buys three of them that's thirty dollars so i can't spend that much money on clicks to drive people there until uh, it doesn't end up being worth it so i think that's the challenge especially with you know even though i personally enjoy things like the apple um, update where uh, you could ask certain apps like facebook and others to not track you and your personal information then it does make it more difficult for advertisers like myself to target their ads uh, if you would be the perfect customer for us
0: yeah for sure yeah and and the yeah the cost per click all all that kind of stuff is can uh can crush a business that um if you're not paying attention you know that that's, has a small a lower price point you know than the more high ticket kind of stuff so yeah you have to be really careful so yeah. uh, what what is what is your best form of marketing right now is it trade shows or what what, what would
1: what would it be well, prob- probably Amazon, just because uh, we're doing so well on the marketplace in terms of our reviews and rating and uh, conversion rate, and then um, also the application of the word "stocking stuffer." You know, for my competitors on Amazon, that is one thing that uh, I think definitely sets us apart. Is if you would type in the keyword "stocking stuffer," none of them will show up because it's not profitable for them to advertise for that because their products only do one thing uh my product does a number of different things it moves from home to on the go so it's a cord management system uh stays with your cord all the time and that just makes it more attractive from a gifting standpoint because people can kind of uh apply it or adapt it to any charging situation or use Uh, if they prefer the wrapping if they prefer the whole cord holding if they prefer the phone uses all the above they want one for different areas in their house so um you know again my competitors can't really say that so um that on amazon has really helped us we're already amazon's choice um, for a number of different products we were accepted into their launchpad program for you know this is for free they just realized and recognized our uniqueness um, in our category as a new product a small business as well um and um have have rewarded us in kind i mean if you think about it amazon as a business wants their customers to find the best product so that they keep shopping there um sure they want it to be the most profitable for them but uh, at the end of the day, customer loyalty, I think, is really paramount for Amazon. Um, and uh, when you have a good product like mine is, uh, like Cordbrick is, um, and, the, and you look at the competition, not to bash them uh, too much, but um, you know that's why I invented the product. Uh, so uh, if my opinion wasn't that the competition wasn't that good, then what am I doing here inventing the product? So uh, it, it, you know, that, that has been good. Trade shows have been great. Anytime I can get the product in person and sell it, uh, to retail shop owners, and they see the product, the packaging, what it does. They're convinced. Uh, it comes with this again, this little um, pamphlet inside. And so, uh, as I like to say, you know, the point of peak happiness is right after your expectations have been exceeded slightly. And so, when you open this thing and you see, oh, it does not just one, two, three things. It does, you know, a number of different things. Um, it does kind of give you that extra level of, oh satisfaction. Um, I, you know, I like this thing. Uh, so
0: that's awesome. Yeah, it seemed like it would do well in the promotional products arena too.
1: Absolutely. We hear that all the time. I'm ta- I'm in discussions with promotional printing products, the distributors and printing companies to print logos on this thing. You, know, we kind of had it had to scale up. The promotional industry is by nature it's a high volume industry, so that means the costs are really low. Um, if you think about it retail you know you sell one at a time so you've got individual packaging and stuff like that promotional industry most of the time they're selling at least 25 50 a hundred thousands at a time even so um, their cost targets are a lot lower so we did have to scale up to be able to meet their their needs in terms of pricing and so I think we're almost there and that's gonna be something we look to do in 2024 because if you think about it it's great real estate for any business to put their logo someone's you know most frequented spots, their bedside, their desk, their countertop in their kitchen, their car. And the logo is actually visible most of the time on the product as well. Unlike a lot of other products that uh, have logos on them too.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Cause I've, I've, I've been in that industry, you know, so that's always why I say, but yeah, that, that, that's awesome. So the challenge um,
1: is printing. So if anybody knows a good silicone rubber pad printer in the U S uh, reach out to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, has has that been an issue at all? like what's, you know, what's going on with, you know, with China and all this different stuff, is that, is that, that affected your business?
1: absolutely in 2021 i had to airship my first shipment of product in and i don't know if you recall but at the time in late 2021 there was a backup of ships at u.s ports and it was you know so i couldn't really even ship it in and so air shipping costs had skyrocketed at the time so i ended up paying more in air shipping to get most of my first batch of inventory in than i paid per unit for the product and so that kind of hindered and slowed our growth. If we had been able to, you know, by a factor of 10, decrease the shipping costs, um, you know, via sea shipping, which we, you know, easily could have uh, in normal times, that would have been a lot better for us. <laughs> um, and so then, of course, the, you know, the depressed market, I would say the last, you know, year plus has affected our growth in sales because it's a gift um, and a non-essential. Uh, it certainly helps, especially people who, um have tight end, um you know, limited space around uh, their you know, charging areas or desk or nightstand definitely helps with that in terms of a necessity. Um, so but I think it definitely, you know, would be better if there was, uh, you know, the economy was a little better, undoubtedly.
0: For sure. For sure. That's awesome. So um, what uh, I saw this thing like the, the build something initiative? Is that correct? What what is
1: that? Uh, Yeah, it's kind of like my company mission, I would say. Um, So initially we started and and we are still donating a percentage of our proceeds to um, organizations that help people like myself who went through uh, alcohol rehab and recovery period. And um, so there's a 501c3 here in Naples, Florida called St. Matthew's House. And so last year we donated to them. And I think this year we will as well. And they... Uh, provide housing for people who are homeless and coming through you know substance abuse programs and they provide programs as well so it's not just housing they have to um you know go to meetings and get a job and um you know helps helps people get back on their feet so you know those sort of causes are ones that help me and so you know at cord CordBrick we just want to you know help build something and uh donate to um hopefully eventually enough to build a, a structure itself that can be managed and you know help people that uh, kind of come through in the early stages of the recovery process. Additionally, you know, I, I really enjoy sharing a lot of the uh, tidbits of knowledge that I have gained so far. And so um, I've been involved with the local college here, FGCU, and their entrepreneurship school. And uh, through that, have been inspired to create sort of a mission where um, essentially, if you're an entrepreneur, reach out to me and I will give you uh, free mentoring, uh, or if I'm not the right person, I will direct you towards uh, the right uh, mentor and um, the amount of time and whatnot can, can vary um, uh, based on your experience and what you need and uh, whatnot, but happy to uh, chat with any entrepreneur to uh, inspire them to go and create something because, you know, I think um, in this, in, especially now, um, there's going to be so many more entrepreneurs created with, Productivity costs going down with AI tools and rapid prototyping and things like you see behind me, like a 3D printer. Um, that you know, we really do want to get everyone's ideas out there as fast as possible to get the best ideas shared with everyone, and you know, um, decrease any economic barrier to entry uh, for anyone that may not have access to as much capital as some other people. Because capital, of course, as I mentioned earlier in our conversation, is such a huge limiting factor for people even being able to begin to pursue their ideas. So I hope that build something can, you know, make it a little bit easier for people to do that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And it's a, a, awesome that you're doing that for like young entrepreneurs too. That, that's beautiful, you know, cause uh, you, you know, um, mentors and, you know, even, especially when you are young, you know, like, like finding out that that's possible to have some, you know, have a mentor that you could look up to and, and they could give you, you know, they could fast track you and stuff like that or, or set you down the right path to other mentors and things like that. That's, that, that's so valuable. And it can actually lift someone's spirits, you know, knowing that that's available and they're not just out there by themselves with this, you know, idea or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, and that, the most, uh, sorry ahead. to interrupt. The most difficult part is, you know, as an entrepreneur is the loneliness you experience in, um, you being the only one that knows everything and the challenges that you're experiencing, because yeah, I just heard Mark Andreessen on a podcast, and he explained like you can't go tell everyone how difficult and how many no's you're getting as an entrepreneur, because they'll just think like you suck <laughs> and you you aren't doing a good job. You you have to kind of paint a positive picture. You just don't have a choice because investors will lose faith, um, and uh, you you know you just can't be a, a Debbie Downer, and they they just don't like it. So. Um, and you have to kind of internalize some of that stuff, so it's great to talk to other people. I mean, for me, for example, I just talked to my mentor this morning. I brought him a very important question. I, we hadn't talked in a couple weeks, um, and I met him through the organization SCORE, which is a great place to also find mentors, free uh, organization that will provide free advice to just about any startup It's in most cities, as far as I know, or many cities anyways. Um, and uh, you know, I had had plenty of other mentors too. So. Uh, this is just me kind of returning the favor you know, that people have given me in the past, giving me free advice. That is the most exciting thing I think about the beginning of my startup journey was it just showed me how many people were willing to give me time and free advice and pointers and contacts um, when I didn't have anything and couldn't pay them anything. I just begged, basically. Uh, I didn't have to beg very much. I mean, they did—you know offered it up people when they knew what I was doing and what I was trying to do. They said, all right, let me help you. How about I tell you, know, connect with this person or whatever. So, um, yeah, I just love to you know, give that back. And honestly, it's a selfish thing. It'll feel great for me to see other people succeed. So I hope that we can do it. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, that being said, like if if someone like has an idea just uh, uh you know for like some, some kind of a product or like hey, why do why doesn't this exist? You know, and, and it's um how how would they start? Like what, what, what are some like this a couple just a couple of suggestions of how they would get started? Yeah, I
1: mean the key to the key to doing anything is to do just that, is to start, right? So how do you start? You just take the first step. And it might not always be the right step, but you just have to start moving forward. Um, the idea is just in your head, but you got to do something about it. You actually have to make it happen. Maybe you're limited by your knowledge, your skills, your ignorance in the industry, your, your, you know, um, your bankroll, um, your, your geographic location. What do you need to solve your problem? Just start solving it one step at a time, and then eventually you'll start making better decisions as you go along because you'll know, hey, the first time I tried to do this, this is what happened. Oh, I wasted my time with that. Oh, I didn't need to do that. Maybe I could have done this instead. And then you'll just learn better. Um, A very wise uh, old friend of mine, another, you know, I don't know if he's a mentor, but someone that I had bounced a couple ideas off of in the past, professor at a a university does business operations and teaches business operations. And he said, the first time you do anything, it's going to be the hardest. And it's like, that's so obvious. But Uh, Every time I did every little thing at my business, it took me maybe 10 times as long, maybe a hundred times as long as it took the second time I did that same thing. So if you think about that, if everything gets cut by a factor of 10 or 100 the second time, what do you think happens the third time and the fourth time? And then you set up a whole new system for the way of doing all those things. And it actually ends up, you know, you you take a thousand times less time after you've, you know, messed up so many different times and went through the process so many different times of, you know, how long it took you. So the earlier you start, the sooner you will start seeing rewards. That is just a fact. Um, and you will, you know, p- start putting in your 10,000 hours because if, if when you are on that 10,000 hour journey, which I probably started approaching 10,000 hours here, now that I think about it, maybe a little past there. Um, you'll do a bunch of things that end up wasting your time. (laughs) And and they, you know, seem totally pointless, and you never use them. But then you'll do a bunch of things that at the time seemed completely pointless, and they end up being extremely valuable later on. So um, you just don't know what those things are going to be. Sometimes you tinker in one direction, and it just tails off, and you never end up going down that path again. And then sometimes you tinker with something and then a year or two later, you're like, Oh, I'm so glad that I messed around with this. It didn't pay off the time. But you know later on here we are and that knowledge and that time you know two three years later has finally paid off and um you know magical things happen unexpected things happen i think when you start and do things and are genuinely trying and putting your best foot forward each step of the way um, not least because you intend to do that and i think people start you know over time people reach their intentions whatever those are good or bad internally motivated. Um, if you think badly about yourself, you subconsciously point yourself in a bad negative direction of your life. That certainly was the case for me. And, uh, you know, now I'm, you know, working towards self confidence and doing the right thing. And it seems to be that my life and other things that happening are happening to me are slowly just getting better and better and better day after day.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I like this to say like this being you know, patient, persistent and consistent with your efforts, you know, as long as you know, the efforts are in, a, in the right direction. Right. Those are some valuable insights that you just shared, you know, especially about, about like, you know, like this, how things become easier, the more that you do them and you know, the more proficient and everything with a uh, lift in, cause I come from a fitness background in business and even competitively and stuff. And you call that like time under the bar, you know, you know, like, is doing the reps, you know, like how do you get better at squatting, you know, by, by squatting, you know, just, you know, doing more reps and, and uh, same thing with mm-hmm. business, you know, like you get better at these marketing by doing more marketing, you know, not, you could read books, you could do whatever, get advice, but getting in the trenches and seeing what actually works and what doesn't and testing things and all, all of, all, all of the, you know, mind numbing stuff that, uh, not everybody is willing to do, but you do because you have a vision for your business as, as you were saying earlier. And, and, and that's worth more than any, anything else. You know, all, all the sacrifices, you know, that's beautiful. I appreciate you sharing all, all, all of this info with us. Um, how can people, uh, you know, stay in contact or find out more about you? Like, is it, where, where's the best place, social media websites?
1: Yeah, any of the social medias, uh, search for Cord Brick or at Cord Brick, uh, C-O-R-D-B-R-I-C-K, just like it sounds, Cord and Brick, one word. Um, And you can go to Cordbrick.com. You can find us, of course, on our Amazon listing. Um, And uh, yeah, if you want to reach out to us, there's a contact form on our website, Cordbrick.com, or through any of the social media channels, send us a message, message there as well.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all your information in the show notes, you know, below the videos and below the podcast, you know, audio and all that kind of stuff. Right on. Well, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. really appreciate the time here. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Have a beautiful day. See ya.